Welcome back to the Jaws Obsession. What was the reason behind that radio smash? We're going to have to get right into that, and let's see if we can figure that. Let's see if we can figure that out. What was the reason why Quint smashed that radio? I think there's a lot of obvious reasons. The understanding that I have here at the Jaws Obsession is a little bit different. We're going to get into that. Uh, welcome back to this episode 13 of the Jaws Obsession. We are here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. So we were derailed a little bit here on our weekly schedule. I was I spent some time, I was over in Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, the war in Ukraine. I was evacuating some family out of Ukraine, and we took a little hit on our schedule here for the Jaws Obsession. We're going to try to get back, in, uh, get back in line on that. It's good to be back here in the Jaws Obsession bunker. Everything was successful. It's nice to be back. During the time since the last episode, since episode 12, we crossed our 1,000th download of the broadcast that's very special so to um now we're we're uh we're over a thousand downloads and we're uh, just keep going we keep going up because there is interest in jaws and what we are trying to do here the jaws obsession and uh episode 13 is just the next episode on our way to episode 20 where we're going to have the big reveal uh, i'd like to thank you for tuning back in 
in my time over in Eastern Europe, I had a lot of time to think about uh, the importance of communication. There was times that we had, uh, we were jockeying between four different languages. There was Ukrainian spoken, Russian, uh, Polish, and of course, English. So uh, going between that, between those four languages, I realized that there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of importance in, in communication. And uh, this is actually uh, one of the topics I wanted to get to. So I said, why not? Well, we'll I'll just do this for the, the first episode back, which is, um, I always looked at JAWS as really about how humans communicate to each other. It's an underlying theme is how the communication between people and how it's perceived by others. And it really starts out right off the bat. With, I, mean, I mean, you have the situation of uh, the shark attack on Chrissy Watkins. Um, you get right into the mayor lecturing Chief Brody about uh, gut reactions people have to the word shark, um, how he would, how uh, his difference in uh, opinion and how he should, how they should communicate that to the masses. You have the loss of words during the Miss Kittner confrontation by Chief Brody, where he find he can't find words to communicate what he's feeling. Um, then there's the silent communication between Brody and his son Sean at the dinner table, where there's no words spoken, but a lot is said. Um, there's lots of examples. In the second half of the movie, uh, the three men, you have Chief Brody, Hooper, and Quint, uh, the, uh, each with a different reaction to the shark. When they first see that shark, you have uh, Chief Brody's reaction is he wants to maintain law and order, uh, maintain positive control of the situation the way a good police officer is trained to do. Words like, uh, like his first reaction is, we're, uh, we're going to need a bigger boat, um, and he wants to radio for more help. So Chief Brody is coming at the angle of he wants to maintain law and order. He wants to uh, maintain control and actually uh, and not and, and not lose control of the situation at hand. So that's his uh, th that's what he is thinking about at the time. And then with Hooper, his first reaction is fascination and scientific curiosity. Uh, he wants to take photos and uh, document the shark. He, he really doesn't 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 care about. Uh, what Chief Brody's thinking, he just said, just get to the end of the pulpit. I need something to give it some scale. So he's he's totally focused on documenting the shark. And then you have Quint, who just snaps right into kill mode, immediately uh, goes to the mindset of hunt, kill, and preserve the shark to take back uh, for reward, uh, but also for revenge. And we learn about that later on in the uh, Indianapolis speech about uh, some of the motivations in his uh, hatred for sharks. Each of them have their own mindset, and each, but they each fail to communicate this for various reasons. You have this constant tug of war. They're really not communicating what their true intentions are. And what happens is that you have a series of mini outbursts by each character. Uh, in, in episode 12, we discussed uh, how Hooper snaps at Brody about the tanks, about the uh, compressed air tanks, uh, how they could explode. His mindset is coming from research and science, and he doesn't have time to explain why those air tanks are going to explode. He just kind of snaps. There's a moment where Brody, his last resort, he just loads his uh, police sidearm and he fires bullets into the sharks, trying to keep law and order. He's trying to end it quickly, and he doesn't even talk about what he what he wants to do he just goes and does it just goes and grabs his gun and so you have these they, they're each coming with this three different mindsets another one you could say when uh, hooper goes and uh instead of just attaching the barrel uh to the line like quint asks like quint orders him to do he goes out and he gets the strobe light to attach to the barrel so it's like his way of trying to get his mindset over quince quince is to hunt and kill he wants to study and track so there's this tug of war going on. It's really fascinating to see. If you look at it through this lens, the performances by the three actors 
take on a whole new meaning. And Quince is probably the most affected by this because you look at how Robert Shaw portrays Quint. His ultimate outburst is the smashing of the radio. When I talk to other people that have watched Jaws or when you go through, um, you look up that scene, the smashing of the radio scene on YouTube, you read the comments, a lot of people always look at it like, well, uh, it's Quint's hubris and his ego. He doesn't want anyone else to take credit for the killing of the shark. He wants the full $10,000 to himself. And it's very, it makes very superficial. Like he, like this man would just smash the radio because, um, uh, because he wants the money for himself. If, if we saw earlier when Chief goes to grab the radio uh, transmitter, uh, Quint knocks the lantern off onto the deck and starts a fire. And he says, put the fire out, will you, Chief? As he's uh, loading his M1. And uh, Chief has to go put the fire out. Um, so he's trying to distract Chief from radioing for help. So the thing is, is that, is that that's, not, it's not, that's not Quint's motivation here. What Quint's failure to communicate is his mindset is not just revenge, but that he doesn't deserve to have any call for help. Because that was not that was not a luxury that the crew of his ship did not have, the USS Indianapolis. When people say, "Why why would Quint smash that radio?" What I realized was it's there's one line in the movie that pretty much details why he smashes the radio, and let's let's play that line right now. Well, we didn't know. Was our bomb mission had been so secret? No distress signal had been sent. Okay, did we hear that? Let's do well, it one more time. Was our bomb mission had been so secret? No distress signal had been sent. That line, no distress signal had been sent. When someone recalls a story, when someone recalls a part of history or a part of their lives, they usually recall the moments that, that settle in on them the most. Um, so you could tell a story with 10 details, but the, the top three details are going to be the ones that affect you the most. And when he says, when he tells the story of the Indianapolis, but he says that no distress signal has been sent, he's, he, he really drills down on that right at the beginning of the story that he's telling Hooper and Chief Brody. No distress signal has been sent. So therefore, there's a lot of uh, survivor's guilt that Quint has over the surviving of the tragedy of the Indianapolis. And while he lives the rest of his life in hunting sharks, he does this on his own, and he puts himself in the same conditions in many ways mentally that the survivors had, where if he gets into trouble, there's no way he's going to send out a distress signal because those guys, they never had a distress signal sent out for them. So he's out there and this is it. And if it all goes wrong, we're not sending, we're not calling for help. We're not sending a distress signal. And he constantly tries to, he, he does not communicate this to chief because he knows that the chief would never understand this. Hooper would never understand this. They were not on the USS Indianapolis. Um, in many ways, I don't think Quint can verbalize this. So that's why he just constantly is evading the whole part about distress signals and call for help. And ultimately what it comes down to is the smashing of the radio. And when he hands the bat over to chief, 
he's just like, there, it's done. I don't have time to discuss why I smashed this radio, why we're not calling for help. We just are not calling for help. It's not, it's not hubris. It's survivor's guilt is why he smashes that radio. And it's something to think about when you rewatch that scene or if you rewatch Jaws, watch Robert Shaw's performance after he after he says, when after he says, Mr. Hooper, that's the USS Indianapolis pointing to his forearm and detailing what the tattoo that he had removed. After he says USS Indianapolis, his whole mindset changes. And and we're going to get into this more later on. We have uh, lots of Indianapolis episodes coming up. But if you watch Robert Shaw's performance after that speech, it's because he's recalling all of those thoughts and memories and there's no way he's going to call for help because no distress signal had been sent for the men that died on the USS Indianapolis. Show me the way to go. I'm tired, I And that's episode 13. We're going to be short and sweet on this one. Um, I think it's actually uh, that if at this mindset is how we are approaching um, Jaws at the Jaws Obsession, um, taking the movie and diving deep inside in order to find out the real performances. And uh, it all adds up. It all adds up into what we're going to find out on episode 20. And it's going to add up to something really fascinating. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get back to work on it. Now that I'm back in the Jaws Obsession bunker, it's good to be home. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The materials used here are protected by the Fair Use Guidelines of Section 107 of the Copyright Act, all rights reserved to the copyright owners. Not much to do with show notes today, but if you go to JawsOB.com, you can actually see a list of episodes, but you can also find links on our contact page to our Telegram channel at JawsOB or the Discord server um, for the invite there, uh, JawsOB2025 at gmail.com. You can write into the show. Let us know what you think. Um, any comments, concerns? And we'll get back. We'll get back to you right away on that. So please visit JawsOB.com. Look forward to hearing about you. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. Until next week, farewell and do, and show me the way to go home.